Welcome to Emotional Savvy, the Relationship Help Show. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. If you're ready to increase your confidence in conversations and conflict, deepen your self-awareness, expand your connectedness, and enrich your relationship with yourself and other humans you care about, and even those you wish you didn't, you're in the right place. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome. Welcome to this episode. If this is your first time joining us, delighted to have you. Hope somebody invited you so that they knew that you would want to have the latest, best, and greatest in tips to have a relationship work for you. If you're returning, I'm so glad that you found value and you came back. Today we're going to talk about a different aspect of things. You know that thing that so many people are talking about, the idea of people being emotionally available. And in particular today, we're going to talk about men being emotionally available. So my guest today is Dr. Marnie Feuermann. Welcome to the program, Marnie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. (laughs) After all, without guests, we don't have the same interesting conversations. So I'm always delighted when somebody who's especially done something similar to what I like to talk about comes on the program so that we can have an in-depth conversation. And your new book title, Ghosted and Breadcrumbed, don't you love that? Ghosted (laughs) and Breadcrumbed, Stop Falling for Unavailable Men and Get Smart About Healthy Relationships. So congratulations on the new book. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's just coming out in April 2019, isn't it? Yes, yes, very excited. So I just got, I'll show you a copy here. I just got it. So very excited to have it pushed out there into the world finally. Oh, it is. I know you have twin daughters, but it's a bit like giving birth when you give when you put a book out in the world, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. It's like this long gestation, working on it, different versions going back and forth, and then you finally get the actual copy. And it is, even though you know, you have an idea what it's going to look like, there's nothing like actually having it and holding it in your hand. So that's yes. true. And everybody's experience is different, even though everybody wants to share their birth stories. <laughs> so uh-huh. let me tell everybody a little bit about you. Um, <clears throat> Dr. Marnie Foreman is a licensed psychotherapist, now an author, a speaker, and a workshop presenter. As a nationally recognized relationship expert, she is a sought-after media contributor and syndicated freelance writer. Now, we always love to hear people who write on HuffPo, the Huffington Post. If you've done that, <laughs> Time Magazine, Martha Stewart, Weddings, MSN, and so much more. And this debut self-help book, again, the title is Ghosted and Breadcrumbed. Stop Falling for Unavailable Men and Get Smart About Healthy Relationships. Yes, because I, I know that you wrote this book for women who struggle with repetitive and unhealthy relationships with men. So we're going to have a lot to talk about. Uh, if you happen to be in South Florida, that's where you'll find Dr. Marnie. You can look her up. And her website is thetalkingsolution.com. 
talkingsolution.com. So let's talk about a few things. Why ever is it so often that we hear these words emotionally unavailable these days? <laughs> well, I think now, I think we've learned a lot about relationships and how people connect and how they bond and thrive in relationships. And so we know the importance of emotions, both being in tune with your own emotions, but also expressing them to your partner or expressing your needs, um, your vulnerabilities, sharing. So I think we've come to realize that that's really what makes a relationship thrive and also gives it depth, particularly uh, a romantic relationship. So I think there's expectations now that people are, are going to do that. And, um, and I know that, you know, with women find that a little bit easier than, than men do. So, um, so I think the term emotionally unavailable, sure, it, it can apply to anybody. But I think, you know, we, it tends to show up more in men, I believe. I think so, because just the way our brains are hardwired. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are very global as women. We will talk around and about a whole thing and we'll be happy to share our feelings. Where man is brain is more logical, linear, rational, step by step. And so just by that very nature, that very difference, we're going to have a different way of communicating or a different expectation of what we're going to communicate. But I'm sure everybody sat up and take, took notice when I said emotionally unavailable and everybody went, oh, yes, I know somebody who's <laughs> emotionally unavailable. And it may not even be a guy in this case, which is what Marnie's written about, but it may not even be a guy. You might have had a mom or dad who was emotionally unavailable. And if that were the case, it is going to be part of your repertoire, part of things that you learned before you even had language. Isn't that true? Oh, yes, absolutely. And I talk a lot in the books, uh, book about those early imprints and those patterns and what we've learned about communication and emotional availability and attachment. So mm. a lot of that is in the book. So you're absolutely correct about that. Yeah. Um, you know, and we've had some great guests. We've had uh, Dr. John East Webb. Mm -hmm. We've talked about childhood emotional neglect. We've talked about attachment disorder with Dr. Gary Salyer. So if these things are ringing true to you, go back and see the other episodes because we've talked about these things. But we want to be very, very clear here about emotionally unavailable. What does that really mean? Is it a choice or is it not a choice? <laughs> Um, I think a little bit of both. Um, you know, I think there's, you know, we have a lot of good research that discusses, um, you know, struggles that we have in the emotional realm, particularly with men. And we know that, that uh, when men are more emotionally intelligent or, you know, have that high EQ, as we call it, that they're more successful in relationships. And so a lot of it has to do with the way we're socialized and like we just touched on, uh, what you learn in your family. I think that men are probably born with the same ability, just like women have, to be emotionally available. But, um, but I think socialization and society and different things that are associated with showing emotions, you know, like it's maybe unmanly or a weakness or dependency isn't good. And so some of those norms get really perpetuated. And I think, uh, you know, 
we, we do men a lot of disservice when we perpetuate that. Um, but I think, you know, the, being, being emotionally available, I think we, we've learned how important that is uh, to be able to uh, show up for each other when we're in a relationship, to be able to articulate uh, how we're feeling and what's happening to us, to be able to regulate emotion well so we don't you know, end up ruining a relationship or pushing people away. Um, and so we, we just really have learned how important it is to be emotionally available and that when you're emotionally unavailable, you're just putting up a lot of barriers to intimacy. And there's lots of different ways that can happen. Yes, there certainly are. <laughs> Almost as many as there are humans in relationship. But, you know, something further there is if you're emotionally unavailable, one of the great losses in your life will be emotional intimacy. Mm -hmm. And what is better than to be in an emotionally intimate relationship? Now, yes, sure, there are all kinds of other intimacies that are lots of fun and feel great and are important too. But when you're in a tight relationship with someone, someone that you really want partnership, you know, I've written lots of books, Marnie, and one of them I talk about the three hallmarks of any healthy relationship, that they, uh, we need to have equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. And if they're not there, so let's take mutuality. If I talk about my feelings and you can't or won't, then we don't have mutuality in the sense that there is a give and take. There is a sort of I'll do for you and you do for me in an emotional sense, the presence, uh, I've got your back, I walk by your side, right? Absolutely. And so it's a real loss if you cannot be emotionally available. And I always feel so badly when people come to see me because my specialty is working with people who have had a parent or an ex or a partner who is what I call a hijackal, a person who has relentlessly difficult. And often they are not emotionally available because it's too scary. They've learned when they were very little that to be emotionally available means that it's going to hurt. And so they learn to dominate. That's what they do. They try and have control and power over everything. So what right. do you do if you have a partner, you've already got that partner, and you've learned that it's really difficult for that person to be emotionally available? Um, well, I think if, if you are bringing your concerns to them and you are sharing what it's like for you to be in the relationship with them, or you're expressing that, um, that you really want to be close, you know, and you're not feeling it. Um, you know, I, th I think if you're expressing it again from like a vulnerable place, so you're not going at the person, um, you know, really accusatory or, you know, in a defensive way or an angry way. I think if you're, if you're presenting it to them, um, where they have this decision point where they can respond, um, they can, or they can say, uh, yeah, I realize it and I struggle with it, or um, I see I'm hurting you and I don't want to hurt you. Um, that's going to give you your answer if you have a situation that's workable and that you can maybe suggest going into some counseling or certainly reading books, going to workshops. There's, there's a lot of things you can do. You can just start the process 
of trying to figure that out between each other. Mm-hmm. But if the, if the response is very negative or the response is defensive or um, as I know you have a lot of experience with, and I love that, that term hijackal, uh, because if the person shows a hijackal side and they become nasty or they turn it around like it's you or they manipulate or they just sort of throw up more, you know, more barriers uh, or, you know, they push you away even more. You've got a real problem on your hands. So I think it just depends on, you know, if you're, if you're expressing it in a heartfelt way and it's taken in and the person shows care and concern for what you're saying to them, um, then yes, you have a shot at this, you know, this getting better or this working out. If you have somebody who's motivated to make changes, they may not even realize, they may not have any idea that they're emotionally unavailable. They may not know what the word, what that even means. They just, they're just hearing it and maybe they've heard it before. Uh, but, but they're maybe they're first, you know, starting to get a sense of, wow, this, what, what's going on with me is really impacting my partner and it concerns me. And my relationship is important to me. And I can see that this is going sideways too far. I think that's very important. I think the distinction that you were making, and I really want to dwell on that, is first of all, you have to find out if a person understands that that there is a lack of emotional intimacy or emotional availability, then to see if they're willing to entertain the idea of talking about that. And then you have an idea of how quickly you can go or how slowly you have to go. And, you know, just a word about these hijackals. One of the things that they do is they absolutely love bomb you in the beginning. So you believe that you have fallen in love with the most perfect person for you. They are ideal. They seem to have the code that they could just press and you just light up and mm-hmm. and they can anticipate your needs and they're right there and they want to sweep you off your feet. And so that person is the person you fall in love with. And that person is a chameleon they have put on a big show of being the right color for you. They've figured it out. And then when they get you, then after that, they go back to the color that they prefer and they want to go into their emotional safety zone and be that color. And there you are, you're kind of hooked on hope that that person who seemed to be so perfect will return. And it's very hard to get your head around the fact that that chameleon person, that was the messenger that was sent to get you. And now you've been taken to the place of the real person and you want that other one to come back you know and you really think they're there you think they're there like why are they why is that person that you fell in love with buried um, right. but, on, but on that note something I really stress you know in the book and talk about is what people are calling love what they're defining as love mm-hmm. which may just be intensity it may be in, it may be chemistry it's all those endorphins that are flying around when we first meet somebody. And it is a, it's an amazing feeling. But I think we have to label it correctly. We have to remind ourselves that there's a very logical, rational part of our brain that is often on, offline when mm-hmm. we are in the throes of what we feel is love, but it's really lust or infatuation. There's a few words for it. 
And so we have to remind ourselves that we don't really know that person. We don't really know we can rely on them, depend on them. They're going to show up for us. They are emotionally available. We don't quite know that in the beginning, but as we learn it, we need to really take in that information and make a good decision about who we're choosing to be our partner and who we're choosing to stay with and um, not keep trying to change and change it and change it and look for that, the buried, you know, chameleon, the right color. You know, when do we tell ourselves, gosh, this is who this person really is. They're not changing. Um, this isn't getting better. I'm suffering. I'm in pain. Um, and really making an informed decision about who you want to have in your life. And it may not be this person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure that you hope as much as I hope that people will ask us long before they marry anybody a few questions about what to do and how long to be with somebody to find the real person and how they are. I wish people asked that question much more frequently than they do. <laughs> but my answer is always yeah. this, Marnie, which is at least one journey around the sun. At least see them for an entire year before you make a commitment to move in, marry, have a baby, do anything. See them in a lot of environments, in a lot of yeah. ways. The average chameleon cannot stay one color for that long. <laughs> so, I love that. I love that. Yes. And I agree. At least a year is a good general guideline for people. Sure. Because people are going to have things happen. They're going to get a promotion. They're going to lose a job. Somebody's going to get ill. Maybe they get ill. Maybe they have a downturn in the economy. Maybe they have a windfall. Um, you have to see people in a whole lot of seasons in order to understand who they are by watching and believing how they behave. And when we have this idea that the hijackle is put into our head, for instance, that this rosy picture of the chameleon is absolutely the perfect color for us is the real thing, we like to lock that in. And then we see all these colors, usually a lot of black and gray. And we don't like that. We want the color back. And so it's very, very important, very, very, very important for us to take mm -hmm. off the rose-colored glasses and see what's directly in front of us. And if you've given a year of your time to really look without rose-colored glasses on how is this person behaving, how are they showing up? How do they respond? How do they react to what's happening in life? And particularly, how do they respond and react to me? So let's move into this word that you use, which I think everybody needs to know. And what is limerence? <laughs> yes, this is a, it's a very interesting term. And it's similar to uh, lust or infatuation. And it's, it's that state of being infatuated. So it's, it often characterizes the, those early stages of a romantic relationship when we feel that high, which the research has shown, it's almost like, you know, being on cocaine. They've actually put people <laughs> in MRI machines and they see the brain light up really similarly when they're thinking about this new person that they're madly in love with. And so like I touched on just a minute ago about labeling it love, um, we really don't know what it what it truly is yet. And so it can go very wrong when our feelings aren't reciprocated or we're, we start to see problems that we want to deny or say, 
oh, there's no way I could be having this big problem with him. This chemistry is so strong. Like this person feels like a soulmate or, you know, something along those lines. And so when we deny and ignore, and then we just keep hoping, we keep trying to change things. Uh, we may even start obsessing uh, because the more the person maybe pulls away, that may, you know, get that, we may get that seesaw effect where then we are trying even harder to engage them and keep the love going, keep the feelings going. So that's when it can really go wrong if we don't, if we don't act smart about this and tell ourselves, okay, well, he just did this thing that, um, that I really don't like. And when I try to talk to him, he turns it around and makes it like it's my problem. And then just hijackle move. <laughs> yeah, hijackle move. Probably one of the, the oldest trick in the hijackle book, right? <laughs> but you know, saying to yourself, you know, um, hey, this isn't, you know, this isn't right. This doesn't feel normal. This doesn't feel good. Maybe I have to check this out. Uh, maybe I have to see if, you know, is this really something I'm doing doing wrong, or is this guy, you know, does he keep manipulating me? Um, and so figuring those, those things out and acknowledging it and facing reality, if, you know, if it's true, if you really aren't in a good situation and somebody isn't being emotionally available for you. Oh, now you just said the big thing, face reality. Here <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm with this wonderful chameleon who's just the right color for me and no matter which way I look at it it's the right color and then all of a sudden he starts changing and I want to say but oh no I know that you're really purple you know I know that that's your real self you're purple and it keeps showing you green and black and gray no 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 I know that purple's in there somewhere so this reality check <laughs> this is really super important everybody that you just Put off the rose-colored glasses and see what's actually there. Because as I've said so frequently on the show, it is very difficult to see red flags when you're wearing rose-colored glasses. So mm -hmm. when it, it starts to look and move and sound like a different creature than the chameleon you fell in love with, notice that. Don't keep trying to go back to the photo that you had in the beginning of the chameleon you fell in love with. Now, so many times, you know, I've worked with couples now for 35 years, and so many times this idealized picture that came in that limerent stage, that time when all the bells and whistles went off, the smoke and mirrors, and the, the every signal in our body said, yes, <laughs> um, that fades that's not, it's a lovely memory and you'll have moments of it if you're in a healthy relationship, but there's real life to be done here, folks, with really important things to see. So mm -hmm. why do people stay, do you think, when they actually realize that someone is emotionally unavailable? Or maybe even emotionally unstable. And I mean that not from a mental point of view, from an emotional point of view, that they just don't have that gift to give, which is unavailable, but they don't have the interest in giving it either because it would be too much of a risk for them. What do you think? Well, a few things. Uh, I think one of the biggest has to do with your own family dynamics. A lot of, th a lot of times I see that playing out. 
So if you did have a parent, one or both, that um, were either, you know, they could have been emotionally unavailable, they could have been um, abusive in some way, you could have had different events that have impacted you growing up, such as, you know, divorce or, um, you know, maybe, maybe the family uh, had major financial struggles, you know, those kinds of things. And so those uh, get into our, you know, sometimes in our unconscious mind or what we call our implicit memory. And sometimes we end up repeating the patterns um, because they feel comfortable on some level. Mm -hmm. um, or comfortably or, uncomfortable. Yes. We know that, like, I'm sure there's a, there's a piece that we recognize, like, isn't right about it or maybe doesn't feel good or that you're suffering, but there's something familiar and there's something that, you know, that just seems like the norm to you because it's maybe been the norm at an earlier phase in your life. Um, or it's like it's an attempt to, uh, you know, that I, this is going to play out differently. This is going to have a different ending. So if dad was an alcoholic and was really checked out and now you're suddenly with a partner who's an alcoholic and checked out, you think, okay, I have this do-over. I'm going to have this new chance to have a new nice ending to this story. Okay. And it usually isn't a nice ending. Yeah. Um, another piece that I think is important is our, our, our attachment styles. And when you have um, like what we call more of an anxious attachment style and uh, you are more, you know, you, you feel like your, your emotional needs are, let's say, um, you know, really at the, readily at the surface. Um, you crave, you know, having the, that emotional connection and you get with somebody who's more avoidant, it causes this, um, this sort of trap in a way, this perpetual cycle that can occur. Whereas when somebody is pulling away because they might have an avoidant style, that sends off your alarm bells to try harder. Because as you can imagine, if you have an avoidant with an avoidant, it's just going to, um, the relationship's just gonna dissipate. It's gonna, it's not gonna sustain itself because two people are just not interested in emotional connection. But if you take someone who's not interested in it with someone who's very interested in it, they're gonna create a really, um, you know, kind of a tough dynamic that can play out over and over again. And so that's a piece of it too. Yes. And when you get into that situation, like sometimes I think that when you're with somebody who's emotionally available, there, people go in two directions. Either they go pursuing, pursuing, pursuing the emotional, emotionally unavailable person thinking that I'll be compassionate, I'll nurture them, I'll be patient, mm -hmm. I'll give them what they've never had, you know, oh, and they'll blossom under my care. And the <laughs> other thing is that the person is so disappointed that they become increasingly emotionally unavailable. And so now you've got these two people living about this far apart at all times. Nobody's happy and nobody's mm -hmm. talking, nobody's relating, but time is going by and the children are watching you. So I think it's very mm -hmm. important for us to address the fact that don't ever forget that children are watching you in relationship. They're watching how to be a man or a woman in a relationship. They're watching how to become healthy. And if your relationship is unhealthy, that's what you're modeling for them. So you have a huge responsibility to do the very best that you can to be emotionally healthy in this situation. 
Yes, absolutely. And one of the things that I notice that's disturbing, as I'm sure you, you notice working with couples is, you know, one of the questions I ask when they come in, uh, because let's say they're, they're experiencing a distress, they're finally coming in for couples therapy. And when I tr ask questions to find out if some of the things that are noticing in their partners existed before they committed, they almost always tell me yes. yes. And yes. so and so that's why I feel like it's so important to, to really, really choose your partner carefully and also the person that you're going to have kids with and <laughs> yes. the relationship you're going to model with to the kids. And so you want to hopefully uh, stop this pattern that maybe has been in your family for generations. Um, you want to put an end to it and hopefully have a, have a healthy relationship that will thrive rather than just continually repeat the same dynamic over and over and over again. Yes. And that's what happens, you know, and that's why we use this term consciousness when we're talking about things. Mm -hmm. If you're conscious, if you are self-reflective, if you're self-aware, if you take a moment and maybe go to somebody who will help you. I often tell people like you're a goldfish in a bowl with another goldfish surrounded by water. And so when you look at the other goldfish, you're looking through the water, you don't know that you're in a bowl, you can't see the context of everything. <laughs> so that's what we do when you come to see us. We it was sit way back here, we can see two goldfish, we can see the water, we can see everything in the water, we can see the bowl, and we can see the surroundings. And so yeah. Mm -hmm. We can hold that for you and we can ask questions from that point of view. So you can be the person in there and then we can help both of you look at what's possibly happening, what's going on, what you might like to keep, what you might like to change and move to a maybe a better bowl with better food and a few <laughs> things in it that make it beautiful as opposed to some kind of dismal spot that seems kind of barren. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, um, one of the things that I think is also very important is to be open to what your friends and family think of this person. So when you are dating and you're yeah. madly in love, but <laughs> um, like if your friends do not like him, uh, pay attention to that. I think we, we could have a tendency to right away want to jump to somebody's defense. But these are the per people who know you, love you, care about you. You know, when you know which ones, you know, you can trust their judgments. Um, and if they're giving you some feedback about your partner or they're showing concern for you in this relationship, um, really digest that information um, and really consider it because we cannot see, you know, we are in that fishbowl. So we can't see clearly and we have the rose colored glasses on, but other people usually can. They are not in that same mental state we're in when we're feeling like we, we are in love with somebody. So true. So true. I want to tell you that Dr. Marnie Foyerman has a gift for you. And this gift is an on-demand webinar called Why You Keep Repeating Unhealthy Relationship Patterns. So if that's you, 
or you have had an unhealthy relationship pattern you don't want to repeat, go and get it immediately and you'll get a bonus checklist where you can find mm-hmm. out and ask the right questions. Is he actually emotionally available? So go and subscribe to our newsletter. Go to our website, thetalkingsolution.com and subscribe and you'll automatically get access to those things. So thetalkingsolution.com. Um, so important and I'm so glad you've brought these things up. I'm glad you've written about it, her new book, Ghosted and Breadcrumbed. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Can't you just feel it? Like, oh, neither of those things do you want (laughs) how to stop falling for emotionally unavailable men and get smart about healthy relationships thank you so much for being with me marnie oh thank you it was my pleasure dr shaler and do you have a last tidbit that you'd like everybody to know if they're going to have a healthy relationship (laughs) um sure yeah i i would i would love for people to know that if they don't have a good track record with dating and relationships that it really is possible to have a healthy committed relationship that it really is possible to do some work on yourself to figure out these patterns to maybe make what isn't conscious um, you know put put it in a conscious place so you can begin to recognize the patterns the blocks where you get stuck Um, and there's things there's there's a lot of good help available to get you out of it uh, so that you can find a healthy love, reciprocated love with somebody who really wants to partner with you, who um, wants to, you know, you said those three things in the beginning, be, you know, mutuality, reciprocity, and there, I know there was one more, one more, <laughs> yes, that um, you can have that, and it's, um, it, it's not beyond your reach, and so I really want women to feel empowered that they can make better choices and find uh, find a really great relationship. So yay, right? Did you hear all that? It is <laughs> possible. And Dr. Marnie Feuerman said it, women, but I work with men and women, so it's possible for you fellows too. So it is possible to have a healthy relationship. (laughs) Absolutely so. So um, again, you can find Dr. Marnie Foreman at thetalkingsolution.com. And she's from South Florida. I'm sure you can find out ways to work with her. If that really interests you, don't forget to get her free gift by subscribing at thetalkingsolution.com. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. You can always find me at 4FORrelationshiphelp.com. And know that I have a membership program. So if you're just getting your feet wet or you want a place to talk that's safe and off any kind of social media, come on over to optimizedcircles.com and become a member over there. Very inexpensive, but you're in a safe community. There are three levels to join in and you can really engage deeply in learning there. So until next time, I hope that you will think about the things that we've spoken about, that you will get in contact and get that book from Dr. Marnie, thetalkingsolution.com, and we'll talk soon. Take good care. Thanks for being here for today's episode of Emotional Savvy. If you want to deepen your emotional savvy, make shifts in your relationships, and enjoy life and relationships more, work with me, Dr. Roberta Shaler. Get my books, enjoy my courses, or work with me directly. 
You can do that by visiting forrelationshiphelp.com, F-O-R, relationship, H-E-L-P.com, and subscribe to Tips for Relationships now. Don't miss a thing. Be empowered this week with more emotional savvy. Oh,